Hey, Paul, this is Mark Hall. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Good. Hey, sorry I'm a minute late, bro. Oh, you're good. Minutes no big deal. <laughs> We're yeah. fine. Well, I'm a musician and a youth master, so that's two reasons to be late. For that's, tr- <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. And you're also doing <laughs> interviews back to back to back this morning, right? So you're you're busy. I see. Yeah. I know how that goes. I know how that goes. Cool. Well, I appreciate yeah. you taking time for us today. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Thanks and, for having me on. Yeah. And again, we uh, just saw you not too long ago when you were here in July out at the county fair. It will not be quite as hot when you're back in November. So that's that's good. I remember you were uh, you were dressed in a, you had a long sleeve shirt on, <laughs> and it was like ninety five oh, degrees. Man. Dude, we can't we can't get a break here in Atlanta either. It just it just won't cool off for us. Uh, well, it's actually crazy here right now. We're in a stretch uh, this week as of the recording of this interview. Uh, we're having seventy degree weather and sunny in October no for way. Portland. We we might make it through my son's whole fall soccer season with no rain during a game. It's insane. I don't know what's <laughs> there might be something to this climate change thing. I don't know. But <laughs> but oh man, but you guys are coming for uh, the Christmas tour. It's finally Christmas tour coming here to Portland to Portland State University's Viking Pavilion November the 29th. And you know, you mentioned the weather in Atlanta, you know, it stays warm. What is a signal for you guys that oh man it's christmas season because i feel like for most of the places that i've lived which has not been the south the weather changes uh and you can kind of feel when it gets cooler but kind of what's that signal for you that hey it's it's going to be christmas season now you know for me and and i know this will sound corny because i'm a musician but when the music starts happening is when it starts changing for me because with the weather you never know in Georgia, what what it's going to be? If it's going to, you know, like the Christmas in the air always feels a little Christmassy, but you don't always have that. But usually at the end of Thanksgiving, those Christmas songs start playing. That's when I start looking for them, and uh, I don't want to usually hear it until until Thanksgiving. But when it gets Thanksgiving, that's when I'm ready. And uh, man, I want to hear some Nat King Cole. I want to hear some Bing Crosby and and. Uh, and casting crowds, of course. Of course, but, uh, yeah. Uh, of course, of course. But I like the old stuff, and uh, so the, the music changes. That's when it, that's when it's Christmas for me. That's uh, uh, tr- so true, and you guys will be here just after Thanksgiving. It's a perfect start to the Christmas season, November 29th. I think it is exactly the week after Thanksgiving when you're going to be here. And so I know it always it always feels weird to to talk about it before then because you don't want to. People are like, no, always so um, you know up in arms about starting things too early. But again, the fact is, if you wait until after Thanksgiving to start thinking about it and buying tickets, then then it's then, then it's almost too late. So I uh, encourage people to go to wayfm.com and uh, get your tickets now and you can maybe get some of that christmas shopping out of the way um are you somebody that you know besides christmas are you kind of a seasonal um i don't know picky about the seasons like with flavors and things are you know when, once the pumpkin spice lattes come out or is the peppermint mocha too early for you is are you seasonal with your foods and flavors as much as you are with your music Dude, I, what is it with the pumpkin spice? That just kind of has swept the world by storm. Like everybody in my world is all about that pumpkin spice latte. It's so good. I don't. I understand the people that are you know using fresh pumpkin that you know you have to wait until a certain time. But I'm of the opinion that if a flavor is good, I want to be able to have access to that all year round. I don't. I don't care if it's February and pumpkin sounds good or eggnog in July. I don't know. That's just. That's maybe that's just me. It is, man. It just, to me, that that pumpkin spice smell just says it's Thanksgiving. It's just, it just triggers everything in my mind. I don't even drink it, but I'll, the candles are nice. I love that. 
Um, you know, the weird, the, the guilty pleasure for me, flavor, taste-wise, and I'm, I'm probably the only one on this, but I like candy corn. Oh. And candy corn doesn't come out until this season, and you can't get it. You can get the off-brand, but the Brock's candy corn, that's the stuff. And I think I like it mainly because I've, I've, I've subconsciously picked a candy that none of my friends like, so I never have to share it. But uh, but this is my season for candy corn right now. That is great, and I honestly, candy corn was the first thing I put in my body this morning. There was some in a dish <laughs> when I got in early, six in the morning, and I was like, oh, somebody left some candy corn. Well, this isn't healthy, but no, hey, you not. only you can you have to get it while you can. You're right. The good news is it does. If you buy it on sale after it's over, that stuff's still. La- I mean, I think they just re-put it on the shelves the next year if they don't oh, sell dude, it. Just, it lasts they forever. Put it in a- yeah, they put it in a box and bring it out next year. I think it was – I heard a comedian say all candy corn was created like the year 1945, <laughs> and it's just been stockpiled since then. So. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, – it's still good. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you on that candy corn. So we'll be good. Again <laughs> – uh, so again, we're doing the Christmas uh, the Christmas tour. It's finally Christmas tour. Uh, we're so glad you're coming here to Portland for that, and excited to hear again. You were here in July, which was again it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was. But it's exciting for you guys to be able to come back and do something a little bit different. You also have the new album, Only Jesus, that's coming out November 16th. So that'll be out just a little over you know a week, not quite two weeks, when you guys get here. Um, are we gonna get anything from that album? during the show or is it 100% all Christmas music you know it would be great if we could keep it 100% all Christmas but it's it's hard to get everybody in a room and the band's there and everybody knows we're crowns and, and <laughs> it's just you gotta do you gotta do some of the songs so so you'll we'll do probably one of the new songs from the new record but we'll do we'll do some of the favorites as well that, that people know from us um, as well as Christmas music but yeah you'll, you'll get to hear all of it Okay, all right. And again, I was fine either way, but especially with the new album coming out, we are excited to hear some of that. We're loving uh, Only Jesus and hearing that here on Way FM and excited for what else is going to be on that album that again comes out on November the 16th. And I guess, you know, you can kind of, could you make the argument that, you know, any song about Jesus could could be translated into a Christmas song? I, I think that's a very good argument. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about that just in Christian radio of, you know, in the debates that go on, should we go all Christmas, what Christmas, and how, you know, we've come to the conclusion, at least here at WayFM, that, you know, Christmas music is something that enhances who we are as Christians and what we present. It doesn't take away from anything we're doing. You know, it should be something that, that we talk about and celebrate. Definitely. And, and I, I just, you know, I like Christmas music right about Thanksgiving. That's what I like. Yep. I like to start <laughs> listening to it. And, uh, I, I like the old stuff and the new stuff, so it just kind of reminds me that it's that time of the year. Wasn't that, I think, Brandon Heath? Was that who has the song that, uh, you know, I love your Christmas music, but not till after Thanksgiving? I think there's actually yeah, a song. I, I, think it was, I think it was Brandon Heath. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. All right, we're talking to Mark Hall from Casting Crowns. It's finally Christmas tour coming to Portland November 29th at the PSU Viking Pavilion. Um, Mark, I know uh, the Dove Awards were just just recently, and you guys have, have you know been around that for quite a while now. Do you remember your first Dove Awards and uh, the experience that you had with that? Any other special stories around the Dove Awards over the years? You know, I do. I, when we Our first Dove Awards, I was – amazed that we were even going to get to go like i just was like I, I i'm a fan of christian music this is what i listen to so getting to go into a room 
where your your heroes are sitting in the audience next to you. I just I had a hard time processing that. I was amazed that we were even allowed, and uh, even just getting to go was a win for me. And then our very first Dove Awards, uh, I believe we won Song of the Year, and um, Songwriter of the Year, mm-hmm. um, and I, that that was the most surreal moment the band told me it took me like a minute and a half to walk to the stage i was just walking in slow motion but uh you know when when you're when the people you look up to come alongside you and encourage you in what you do that's what those dove awards are about you know i don't think uh any um you know christian music artist is sitting around going hey here's my trophy case but it's about that moment when your peers come around you and, and, and celebrate you a little bit and encourage you to keep doing it. So it, it was really special, still is. Do you remember, this was back in 2004, I was looking it up, because you guys were also up for New Artist of the Year um, and did not, right. did not win that year. Do you remember who won that year? I, I believe it was Jeremy Camp. It was Jeremy that Camp. Year. I was like, man, I was That's looking right. back through, like, man, it's like when you look back on, like, the draft of football, and you're like, oh, I remember that draft when it had, you know, looking at the new artists of the year, <laughs> and be like, oh, my goodness, all these guys are still awesome today. This, what, what a year that was, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to, like, of course, that was also my first year in Christian radio, so a lot of nostalgia around that, and Mercy Me One group of the year, and, you know, it's, it's just great to see how uh, the longevity of some of you guys here in this industry, um, and being able to continue to make great, uplifting music that's pointing people to Jesus for so long when you're you know you're sitting in that 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 big arena uh walking slowly up to accept that award and here we are 14 years later another studio album is getting ready to come out um as you're as you're hitting that stage looking out did you did you think it was going to be like this and this long you know i think every moment i had i figured if this is the, if this is it this is great <laughs> i don't think i ever saw it going farther um, I was just amazed that we got to make an album, and, and the fact, and when we finished the last song and put it on the record, I thought, well, I guess that's all I got to say. I don't think I'll have any more songs after this. And then I felt like that after every record I've written. It's like, well, that's all I got. I guess I'm done. I, I don't have anything else. And, uh, but I think as long as I'm in the church, as long as I'm, I'm serving students and in ministry, I'm going to have something to say. So uh, Crowns is always going to have a song to sing. And uh, so we just we appreciate you guys letting our songs be a part of what you do. And how you guys have been putting your albums together and it being born out of the, the studies that you're doing really has been great just in musically and the themes of the album being uh, cohesive. And, you know, like you said, just always now being able to have a song to sing. Talk a little bit about Only Jesus. What are some of the themes and things that we're going to see on that new album? Well, the idea of Only Jesus came from um, just talking with students and families and talking about what our goals are as believers and there's a lot these days being said about legacy how do we want to be remembered what do we want to be said about us and when i look at scripture the more people i see in scripture the less i see anybody getting up saying hey i want to be a hero hey i want to be a leader i want to be remembered no one really had that goal so i feel like we might be a little ahead of ourselves in wanting to be remembered instead saying what what needs to be remembered and, and if you look at people in Scripture like John the Baptist, I mean, he lived in obscurity. He was a stranger out in the wilderness. And then suddenly he was pulled up and put up on a pedestal, and everybody was saying, tell us who you are. Tell us who you are, man. We'll go tell the world. Are you Elijah? Are you They're dropping rock star names on this guy, and he won't even tell him his name. He just says, man, I'm just a voice in the wilderness. And I don't believe 
John the Baptist was trying to be humble. What I believe is that everyone that was close to Jesus, you didn't have to humble yourself. You were humbled. And he knew at the end of the day, if if you're going to get where you need to go in your journey, knowing me is not going to help you. You need to know Jesus. So that's the main thing you need to know about me. And that really refocuses me. People knowing my strengths and what I do well doesn't help them. But when I boast in my weakness and I show my scars and I let them know, look, I'm dyslexic, I'm ADD, I barely survived high school, I almost flunked out of college, I'm in ministry, I struggle, I forget the songs. I forget my own songs on the stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a screen on the stage to have everyone look at the screen. I don't read it very well. So that's who I am. That's all you really need to know about me. I want to be the biggest dork in heaven. If there's a way to mess this up, I probably already messed it up. But Jesus is awesome. So, so that that's what I'm saying. Being a youth pastor is that lifting myself up doesn't help anybody. Lifting lifting my weakness and my scars up so they see how big God's love is. That's everything. So Jesus really is the only name to remember. What we say is, I'm not the point. I'm here to point to the point, and that's what the song's about. Mm. So when you're going through that with your kids, I now I now have my oldest son as a youth group kid now, just hit middle school, man. Um, when you've been going, yeah. when you're going through that um, with the kids, like what what are the responses from the kids? What are what do you see in the wheels turning in their uh, little heads and their hearts as you're as you were were kind of laying out this message over time? Well, I think church accidentally communicates that everybody else has it together but you. Uh, every, everyone else is sitting up straight and dressed up, and you're the only train wreck here. I think that that's never said in church, but that's what we we kind of pull together ourselves. So I, I think when a kid hears me talk about my weakness, it it frees him. And they hear that I still struggle and I make mistakes. That frees him. It frees him to see that maybe he's not everything the enemy is telling him that he is. And uh, I think anytime we're real about our lives, it frees a kid to 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 ask for help. It frees them to talk about his struggle, and that's where we've got to start. We've got to lower the playing field and just let everybody know we're on the same boat. And for adults too, man, that's again whether we grew up in church or just came in. You're right. For some reason, that that is still very prevalent in the church culture, unspoken the majority yep. of the time. But it is that that feeling, and the more yeah, transparent, broken. We can we can be. You're right. It just opens doors. That's great, dude. That's my goal. When I when I'm at a concert, I'm thinking about the men in the room, because I know men, and I know that men um, they'll hear truth from you, but they don't want to hear truth from somebody that's got it all together. Mm-hmm. Don't don't come don't come don't come talking down to me. So so the, when you're talking to a man about faith and life, you have to you have to humble yourself and show them your weakness and your scars, so they see that. Okay, you're, you've messed up too. I'll listen to you. So by the first 20 minutes of the concert, I've already talked about my learning challenges. I've already talked about failure. I've already talked about struggling with darkness and, and suicide as a kid. I've laid it all out there because I need to reach that man. And the whole concert, I'm talking to the men in the room. Um, and because that's what we need as men, we, we need to know that we're not the only mess here and that God will meet us where we are. Amen. All right, real quick before I let you go, because I know you gotta you gotta move on to some other stuff. Uh, a quick, quick Christmas questions. Um, your thoughts from, from something very deep, something very silly. Uh, ugly Christmas sweaters, iconic or idiotic? I think 
real ugly Christmas sweaters are the ones that were meant to be pretty, not ones that are designed to be ugly. So a true Christmas ugly sweater has probably been worn by an elementary school teacher at some point. That's, I think that's where all ugly Christmas sweaters started was elementary school teachers. Um, and so I think that the industry of ugly sweaters, I don't know, I can take it or leave it. All right, there we go. Yeah, so not the new ones you can find at Walmart or order in the box, but go to the thrift store and, and find I the real deal. But the, the real deal. Oh, that's great. What are you asking for for Christmas this year? Oh, man. I I, I want a Bernese Mountain Dog. Mm. I'm not going to get one probably, but that's what I want. <laughs> Did you ever get a pet as a kid for Christmas? Was that something that ever happened? No, I don't think so. But uh, that's the kind of dog I want. My that's wife it. is like, mm-mm. <laughs> well, when you're traveling, and then who's got to take care of it, right? You're not you're not flying the dog all around. That's a hey, man. Don't take her side, dude. I'm... <laughs> don't take her side. <laughs> all right, I just I just say yeah. Have a backup gift. All right, thanks, Mark, so much. You have a great day. We look forward to seeing you here in Portland, November 29th at the Viking Pavilion for the It's Finally Christmas tour. Hannah Kerr is going to be with you guys as well. It's going to be a great night after Thanksgiving to be getting into the Christmas spirit with this great Christmas concert. Thanks so much for talking to us today. Thanks so much. We love you guys at WFM. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Have a great one. I appreciate right. it. See you. Bye.